gospel to suffer for his sake. You see, persecution is a reality. We're going to have persecution. Now, because of the freedoms that we have in this country, especially the freedom of religion, our persecution comes in more subtle terms. It might be ridicule, rejection, but we're all facing persecution. Those in other countries where they don't have the religious freedom that we have, their persecution comes in the form of beatings, imprisonment, death. And we don't want to forget them. So that's why we have, along with other churches, set aside the second Sunday in November. So other churches around the world are using this day also to pray for the persecuted. I don't want to make little of our persecution. We do experience it. Every Christian will experience persecution because the cross is foolishness. It's an offense to the world. And if we stand up for, if we represent the cross, we're going to have persecution. But persecution around the world is raging. And men and women representing Christ are dying for their faith, are imprisoned for their faith. A couple weeks ago, Shane shared in Hebrews 13, verse 3, to remember those who are in prison as if you were there too. And so we're trying to give each one of us an opportunity to empathize, to put ourselves in the position of our brothers and sisters who are in Christ, who are in chains, who are in prison, ready to be executed who have the government um, forbidding them to meet on a regular basis, who have been burned for the sake of their faith. We are told to be on the alert with all perseverance and petition for all the saints. In other words, we're to be praying for all the saints, not just our body here, but all believers And that's why we set aside this day, that we can remember them and pray for them. What we're going to have here are three testimonies of three Christians, one in China, one in Pakistan, and one in Nigeria, who have all experienced some form of persecution. And after each one uh, gives their testimony... We're going to pray for that country, for that person, that situation. And we're going to lift them up. So that's going to be um, the rest of the service is just hearing testimonies and praying for those um, who have been persecuted for Christ's sake. My name is Shen. It really isn't. But I must be careful. I live in Beijing, China, and it can be very dangerous being a Christian here. Every Sunday for 10 weeks, I watched as police arrested some of my fellow church members and hauled them away. This past Sunday, it was my turn. I expected to spend a few hours in jail alone until the authorities released me, 
My crime, after all, was simply that I had attended a forbidden outdoor worship service with my unregistered Shawang church. After sitting in jail for a while, I was brought before three neatly dressed men. They were members of the official state-run church, the, self, uh, the Three Self-Patriotic Movement. Every state-run church pastor is trained in a seminary run by the Communist Party. These men educated me about the benefits of the Three Self Church. They asked me if I thought my church, in its defiance of the government orders, was biblical and within God's will. This surprised me greatly. They strongly suggested that I stop attending my church and join a Three Self congregation. But like many of my brothers and sisters in Christ, my faith had driven me to an illegal church where I can worship with like-minded believers, obey the Bible, and hear sound teaching about the triumphant return of Christ. I didn't want to worship in a church that is controlled by the Communist Party. As soon as I was released, I made plans to attend my church the very next Sunday. But let me give you a little bit of history. My church, the Shawang Church, began as a home Bible study back in 1993. By 2005, it had grown to a thousand-member congregation and applied for government registration. The request was denied. Officials instructed church leaders to join the state-run Three Self Church, which would place it under government control. The church refused. You see, the state-run church is very much influenced by politics, while house churches like mine take Christ as the head of the church, with the Bible as the only moral standard. Our church had been meeting in a restaurant, but was forced to leave when the management, pressured by government officials, denied access. Before that, it had purchased space in an office building, but authorities prevented the church from obtaining the keys. So, the church leaders prepared to meet outdoors. But authorities were sent to the homes of church leaders, preventing them from leaving, and other members were told not to attend. On the morning of the outdoor service, police surrounded the public walkway where the meeting was to be held. As believers arrived, they were detained, forced onto buses, and taken to temporary detention center at a school. More than 160 were arrested, including an 80-year-old woman and a two-year-old child. After watching the mass arrests, other church members gathered nearby in small groups, singing hymns and praying for their brothers and sisters. This happened week after week. Three self-church officials continued to visit the detained church members at police stations. Their goal? was to persuade, educate, and even rebuke my imprisoned brothers and sisters. Our church leaders wrote, the letter, uh, wrote a letter to the congregation. Here's what they said. This Sunday was the 10th Sunday of Shawang Church's outdoor worship. Even though we've been through two months of battles and are feeling tired in body and soul, our desire to worship God is unchanged.
Even though we get tired, our God is a God who neither sleeps nor slumbers, and he gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. In this race, we may not look at our weakness and fatigue, but rather keep our eyes always on the Lord Jesus Christ, who is the author and finisher of our faith, believing that whatever perfect work has begun will, at his appointed time, surely bear fruit. In the year 1949, there were fewer than one million Christians in all of China. Today, the number has exploded to over 80 million Christians. Uh, but many of these are actually in prison or under detention. In fact, there are more Christians in China who are in prison or under detention than in any nation in the entire world. Um, yet, that doesn't thwart God's plans, as we know. Um, there are actually over 3,000 Christians a day coming to Christ in China. So that's very exciting. Uh, in the midst of one of the most heavily persecuted nations in the world. Uh, Jesus promised his disciples, in this world you're going to have tribulation. He said, uh, but, but take courage, I've overcome the world. Uh, we got some, some points of, of prayer up here. Um, the first one is tension between the house churches and government-approved three self-churches. Uh, release from prison and labor camps for Christians confined for preaching the gospel. New Christians who receive Bibles, that they will be firmly grounded and stand firm against heresies. Protection for the leaders and the people in unregistered house churches. And faith, courage, and strength to continue meeting in spite of government re-education pressure. So as we pray, uh, we can be thankful that Christ has overcome at the cross, and he's continuing to overcome through us. Um, but we can also pray for courage uh, for our brothers and sisters in China as they go through these trials. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you that you have overcome the world. We thank you for the many numbers that are coming to Christ in China. Um, that's amazing, and that's, that's just a testimony that you are still at work in a, an amazing way today. And no persecution can stop that. Uh, we pray for the tension that is between the house churches and the government churches. We pray that that will be resolved. We pray that um, the witness of uh, those persecuted Christians will be, will be a witness for Christ and uh, that many will come to know you through that. Um, we pray for the Christians who have been in prison, that they will be released. Um, but we know you have other plans. We know that uh, perhaps you want to be glorified through that. And we know you're working all things out for the good. Um, but we pray for those brothers and sisters who are imprisoned. Uh, we pray for the new Christians uh, who are just coming to know you, um, just getting Bibles, uh, just learning the amazing truths that in this room we've come to know. Uh, we pray that they will have uh, teachers who know your word, who can explain it clearly, and that they won't be led away by false teaching, uh, which many, many do. Um, we pray that there will be men and women who are strongly grounded in your word. We pray for their physical protection. Um, there are many who are being imprisoned. Uh, worse things are happening. We just pray that you will protect them. Um, but we know your plans are higher than our plans. We just pray for our brothers and sisters for their encouragement in the midst of that persecution. We pray for faith, for courage, for strength. Uh, there's an incredible weight of pressure from the government. 
uh, from the world and, and stuff that we can't even understand. We just, we just pray that you will strengthen their backbones under this weight. And uh, we, just, we just thank you for what you're doing there. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. My name is Asia Bibi. I have been in prison since June of 2009. Maybe you have heard of me. I have received a death sentence under my country, Pakistan's 295 blasphemy law. They have accused me of blasphemy against the Prophet Muhammad. Christians from around the world have been calling for my release and a repeal of the laws, but extremists in my country continue to demand that I be executed. Maulani Kurshi, an imam in northwestern Pakistan, has issued a $6,000 reward to anyone who kills me. My family and friends are concerned that another prison inmate or guard will murder me. I even cook all of my own meals using groceries provided by my husband to avoid being poisoned by the kitchen staff. It all started when I was working as a berry picker for a farmer in the Punjab province. One day I was bringing water to my coworkers. They were all Muslims. They refused to drink the water that I brought, saying that an infidel thief had contaminated the cup. They taunted me because of my Christian faith. They said that my prophet was born without a father. I replied in return, Our Christ has sacrificed his life on the cross for our sins. What has your prophet done for you? Our Christ is alive. Your prophet is dead. Our Christ is the true prophet of God, and yours is not. My coworkers reported what I said to the Muslim officials in the city and the religious leaders, and five days later, several Muslims took me to the village center where a crowd had gathered there to beat me. Several villagers came to my defense, but they were threatened too if they did not leave. I was then arrested and taken to jail. My guards told me that if I would convert to Islam, they would let me go, but I refused. I told them, you can kill me, but I will not leave my Jesus. And Jesus has not left me either in my trials. I cannot read, but a female Christian is allowed to read the Bible to me and pray with me. My husband, Ashik, visits me every 15 days. He is always encouraging me. He tells me that the voice of the martyrs has been with us right from the beginning and is still with us. He tells me that they have provided financial support for him and for our two girls. He tells me that they have submitted, submitted a legal appeal of my death sentence. My family has been forced to move five times since my arrest, and the voice of the martyrs has helped them each time. They have even paid for my girls to attend school. He tells me that many Christians are praying for me and that this is a difficult issue and it will take time to solve. He tells me to keep my heart strong. I cry for my family, but they are growing stronger in their faith. When I warn them not to go out of the house because of the death threats against us, they always say, if they kill us for Christ, that is okay. We are ready. A sheik believes that God has allowed our family to experience this trial because he is testing us. He tells me that the Bible says, he who endures to the end shall be saved. But I am not alone in my persecution. I heard of another Christian who is also in prison. His name is Imran Ghafur, 
Imran was burning some papers in his shop. His neighbor accused him of burning pages of the Quran. He began to shout that Imran had desecrated the Quran and blasphemed Islam and Muhammad. A mob of angry Muslim men, unaware of the facts, attacked Imran and viciously beat him. They looted his shop and later handed him over to the police. After his arrest, the mob continued to grow in front of the police station, and they began to chant, hang him who disgraces the Holy Quran. Christians are dogs. They threw stones at the police station. They burned tires in the road, and they waved Islamic banners. Imran was sentenced to life in prison. But I feel blessed because I have had many supporters. Salman Tassir, governor of Punjab, visited me in prison and called for my release. He was a Muslim. He, though, I am sad to say, was killed by his bodyguard for supporting me. The federal minister of minorities, Shabazz Badi, a Christian and a longtime champion of Christian rights in Pakistan, also supported me from the beginning. He received many death threats because of his support for me and his ongoing efforts to repeal the blasphemy law. But he, too, was killed by four gunmen who opened fire on his car as he drove to work. Shortly before his death, though, Badi released a video testimony in which he said he would not be deterred by death threats. He said, I believe in Jesus Christ, who has given his own life for us. I know what is the meaning of the cross, and I am ready to die for a cause. I am living for my community and suffering people, and I will die to defend their rights. I was told that he was especially fond of these words of our Jesus. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when they revile and persecute you and say all kinds of evil against you falsely for my sake. Thank you for not forgetting me. I know I am in the hands of my God. Today in Pakistan, there are uh, Pakistan's population of 170 million people. One percent of those are Christian. I'm going to have to look up here because. Okay. The blasphemy laws uh, often used unjustly to imprison and to punish Christians. These are alive and well in Pakistan. Please join me in prayer. Lord Jesus, we thank you that in the midst of great darkness, you have placed lights like Mrs. Asia Bibi her husband and children, Imran and other believers. As our sister in Pakistan proclaimed, you are the true prophet. You sacrificed yourself for us all. You are alive. These things make you and you alone worthy of our praise and of our prayers. We come to you asking that you send your spirit into Pakistan and into the hearts of unbelievers in that nation. We ask that you peel back the aggressive spirit that attacks your people. Please speak to the hearts of government officials, police, and Muslim leaders. Give them a resolute desire to protect your children, even if it means, and it often does, their own deaths. You are God, and you are able to roll back the blasphemy laws in Pakistan. We ask that you do, knowing that the only reason you allow this menace to your people is because it works for good in their lives and those around them, and even in our own. We know that believers that remain faithful are an extraordinary witness to the world around them. 
and that they build up the faith of those like us sitting in Lockwood today. We thank you that these faithful will one day hear, well done, and will be comforted for eternity. We pray for the 463 people groups in Pakistan that have not heard your word. We ask that their hearts be made ready to receive and accept when they do hear of your love and sacrifice. We pray for your peace in the region and ask that our brothers and sisters not be blamed for our military actions. Lord God, please silence those who falsely accuse your children. We pray that Pakistani believers and their reaction to these false accusations point others to you. We pray for Mrs. Beebe specifically today. We ask that you fill her heart and her family's hearts with peace, a peace which passes all of our earthly understanding. We ask that she be kept safe. We ask that those actively plotting or calling for her death would be changed, even this moment, like Saul on the road to Tarshish. Please make the road clear for those who come to offer comfort to Asia. Provide them with safety, with the money to do so, and with the words or actions you yourself would have them say or do. We pray that Ashik stand fast with his wife while living outside the jail and that his way never be blocked when coming to visit her. We pray that their children grow in the faith as a result of their mother's absence. We pray that the believer's strength be renewed daily. We know that you are the source of our strength. We know that in the darkest times you are most clearly present. We pray that during those darkest times in Asia's life, you are very present, and that you'd wrap your arms around her and soothe her spirit. We ask this for all the believers in Pakistan. Please renew their hope each day and remove their spirit of fear as it arises. We ask finally, Lord, that you not allow us to forget or disassociate with any brother or sister in Christ. Give us the same conviction to love and to serve you, even if it means persecution, discrimination, imprisonment, and death. Let us thank you for the promise of heaven and of being with you in eternity. We ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen. My name is Awuna Sunday. I was volunteering at a hospital in Jos, northern Nigeria, when I heard intense gunfire erupt. I immediately knew something was wrong. I had heard gunshots before, but this was different. Christians are often attacked in Jos, so I decided to ride my motorbike to the safety of my home outside the city. I saw black smoke rising from burning homes, but the road itself was eerily empty. When I arrived at my village of Narguta, I saw that it was already under attack. Then a thought occurred to me. It was Friday. I knew children would be rehearsing for their Sunday school program, so I went to the church. When I got there, I saw the children shouting and crying for help. I saw the container as soon as I entered the church. The powdered milk can looked harmless, except for a long, thin wire dangling from its opening. It just didn't look right. I wanted to remove it from the presence of the children. I thought maybe something bad would happen to them if I didn't. My plan was to pick up the container and throw it out the window. I wanted to save the children first. I didn't know that it would explode in my hand. I didn't think of the repercussions of my actions. I was knocked to the ground when the bomb exploded, but the children, thank God, were unharmed. I spent six months in the hospital, enduring excruciating pain as doctors tried to repair my severely damaged hands. I healed slowly, both physically and mentally. For three months, I didn't know where I was. I didn't know the difference between night and day. I was angry. I didn't blame God, but I was thinking of revenge. 
revenge against those who had hurt me. Then a miraculous thing happened to me. Other Christians began visiting me, praying for me, and helping me read my Bible. Gradually, my thirst for revenge was replaced by a desire for Christ. Before the attack, I was not a strong Christian. I only went to church on Sundays, but after going through what I went through, seeing other Christians go through suffering, having Christians encourage me and pray for me, it all brought me close to Christ. I am more committed to prayer and fasting and studying the Bible. God gave me a second chance to live in the world, and I want to live it for God's glory. I share my faith with others, both unbelievers and believers. I share my story with them to encourage them even more. And as for the man who planted the bomb, I would tell him, I forgive you for what you've done. We see that in the Lord's Prayer, we are to forgive those who sin against us. I forgive you and share God's love with you. For others who are persecuted, they should be strong because we know Christ faced persecution. They should hold on to their faith. Their reward is great in heaven. And they should always forgive their persecutors and pray for them that God would touch their lives and capture them like he captured the Apostle Paul. Um, to this day, um, the northern uh, Muslim population in Nigeria constantly um, persecutes the southern population. Uh, but despite that fact, uh, there was a study last year, and it showed that Nigeria has one of the highest concentration of the Christian population with over 50%, and that's about 70 million people. So that's, that's a great thing to know despite everything that's been going on. Um, so our points for prayer today uh, for Nigeria uh, we just want to pray for the Christians in the north who are targets of the Muslims who are uh, residing there. Uh, we also want to pray for the survivors of the suicide bombing at the Bachi church that was attacked while they were worshiping. Uh, let's pray for Awuna Sunday and many others who continue to show Christ's forgiveness to their persecutors. Also, uh, we'll pray for the families of the 450 people who were massacred at the village of Dogo Nahawa. Let's, let's pray. Lord, I ask you that you be with all the families uh, in, who live in the north who are under constant guard and who are under constant guard and have a watchful eye of the, their Muslim neighbors. Just ask, ask you that you would give them encouragement and drive to keep worshiping you and spreading the word to the surrounding communities. I just ask you that you would keep them safe and to not show fear, and just to have the same forgiveness that many other persecuted Christians there have. Lord, I ask that you be with the survivors of the suicide bombing at the Bachi Church. Um, just ask you that you would uh, be with their families and help them to get back on course with you, Lord, and just ask you that they would, they would keep that drive to be devout Christians and to be able to spread your word throughout the land. Lord, I ask that you be with Awuna Sunday and many others like him, um, that tragedy just occurs every day in their lives. I just want to thank you that they are showing this forgiveness, and I ask you that you, they would just keep, they would keep, um, they would keep showing the forgiving attitude and be able to uh, just keep their heads up and be able to be more deeply in love with you, Lord. I ask you that they would just emotionally and physically 100% be for you and be able to influence others in the exact same way. 
Lord, I ask you you be with all those people in Doganohawa for all those for over the 450 people who were massacred that day while they were worshiping you. I just ask you you be with all of them, Lord, and just 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 calm them. Just be with them as they suffer through this, but help them to see through this tragedy and this this evil, and help them to just worship you all the more, and just to be able to show that same forgiveness. I ask this all in your name. Amen. Well, we've given you three separate countries, three separate um, circumstances, individuals. Um, I pray that we would empathize, that we would come alongside and, and, and come into their stories and feel their pain and feel their hurt and, and pray for their endurance, not just today, but, but every day. And um, so we just want to praise God that he has given them his spirit to, to keep on going when it's hard, just like he's given us his spirit to keep on going when it gets difficult. Well, we're going to take the offering. Uh, would the men prepare for that? And unless otherwise designated, this uh, offering will go toward the persecuted. We've decided to give to three organizations. There are a number